This is the She Runs the Show podcast with Cassandra Bibas, episode number 15, the solo series. Welcome to episode number 15 of She Runs the Show. So in today's episode, I'm trying something a little bit different. And I actually got this from Pat Flynn. So if you haven't listened to Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast, which is just one of his podcasts, definitely go by smartpassiveincome.com and listen. So thank you, Pat Flynn, for giving me this idea. But in one of his episodes, he talks about the things he's struggling with. And so... I decided to create an episode to just share with you things that I'm struggling with. So that's what we're talking about in today's episode, the seven things that Cassandra Bibas is struggling with right now. But I want to intro with a quote, and this is from one of my all-time favorite books by Paolo Coelho. He wrote The Alchemist. I'm sure you've heard his name. But in another book, which I don't hear people talk about often, called Warrior of the Light, this is what he says, a warrior of the light is never in a hurry. Time works in his favor. He learns to master his impatience and avoids acting without thinking. By walking slowly, he becomes aware of the firmness of his step. He knows that he is taking part in a decisive moment in the history of humanity and that he needs to change himself before he can transform the world. That is why he remembers the words of Alonza del Vasto, a revolution takes time to settle in. A warrior never picks fruit while it is still green. That is such an important thing, and it's something that I'm working with, and it's also something that I'm struggling with. The idea of mastering impatience and and avoiding, like, rushing into things. That's one of the things that's on my mind, is, like, how do you know when it's the right time to do a certain thing? How do you know you know, how to let things settle in or or when to seize opportunities. And I think most of us deal with that. And the reality is a big piece of it, at least for me, is learning how to trust my own intuition, learning how to trust that I am in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing always. Also learning that was for me is for me and it can't be taken from me. So there is none of this, like, if I don't jump on this opportunity today, then it's going to be gone forever. No, as Tosha Silver puts it, if it's mine, I can't lose it. And if it isn't mine, I don't want it. And so that's just one thing that I, on a constant basis, I'm thinking about like walking that line between seizing the day and settling in and allowing things to unfold. It's one of my things. I look forward to seeing what is one of your things that you're struggling with right now. All right, let's get to the actual episode, shall we? Let's go. Welcome to episode number 15. Okay, so in today's episode, we are talking about the seven things that Cassandra Bibas is struggling with right now. Um, I got to tell you, one of the things that's not on this list that I am struggling with is my recovering perfectionism. So it's early in the morning. If anybody knows me personally, you know I'm a morning person. So I typically wake up at 4 a.m. every day except for Sunday. Sunday, I actually sleep in. 
But um, I like things to be right. I like them to be on time. I'm super, super like anal retentive OCD about being on time. And honestly, this morning, I was just thinking to myself, I had a little blip that occurred with somebody who I have hired to do something. And, you know, it's one of the things that I'm struggling with. So we'll we'll get a little deeper into that in a minute. Um, But there is nothing that pisses me off more than when I pay for something and I don't get what I pay for. So imagine just waking up at four o'clock in the morning and starting your day, realizing that you have paid a good amount of money. You know, it's not cheap for something that in turn is turning out to be not what you're paying for and you're going to be paying for it for a minute. So needless to say, I am not a happy camper right now. And a part of me really thought like, just don't record the episode this morning. Like if you're not in the mood, if you're, you know, feeling, um, pissed off, you, you know, don't, don't record it. Like wait till you're over it and ready to be on and spot on and like feeling better about it. And, uh, I just thought about postponing this whole episode recording thing. And here's why I decided not to postpone it because life happens because life happens and things happen. And you know what? Maybe I'm supposed to be recording this episode being kind of pissed. Maybe I'm supposed to be recording this episode having just come off of that experience because somebody listening is also in the middle of an experience similar to mine. And they just need to know that it's going to be okay. That you might purchase something, you might hire someone, whether it's a, a life coach, you know, I'm a coach, um, a personal trainer, you might hire somebody to help you build your brand. I mean, you might hire a number of different things and it not turn out the way that you expected and you're not feeling like you're getting your money's worth on it. And let me just say at the end of the day, it is all learning. It is all learning. Now I'm in a moment right now where I'm having a hard time accepting that the money I'm spending and have to spend for a few more months because it's a contract is learning, but it is true. And so if you're dealing with something like I'm dealing with and you have paid for something or you are paying for something and you are not pleased with the results, I would say, A, just get the anger out of the body. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do today to do that, but I'm going to have to figure out how to get this anger out. And then B, ask yourself, what's the lesson? And I think for me, um, the lesson in this experience is that, you know, it's so hard to talk about that when I'm like still angry and pissed. Um, if I had to figure out what the lesson is in this, I would say it's, Okay. So I'd say that there are two lessons. I'd say, number one, you get what you expect. So I've never been one to really hire, um, coaches or experts in certain areas of my life. And so this, this has been only my second experience in hiring somebody. And I think, I think I expect people that I pay money to, to come to the table with a standard as high as I hold myself to. And the reality is, is that not everybody is going to have as high a standard for their work as I do for mine. And I think what the lesson in that is, is I've got to vet people out more thoroughly. I need to be, um, I need to be nitpicky 
about who I choose and my selection process for choosing those people that I hire, which is a really great lesson to get before I bring on my social media coordinator and before I bring on my virtual assistant. So maybe this is happening because although I feel like if I spend a dollar, it better be worth it. Maybe this is happening because I need to learn how to be nitpicky and very selective in my selection process with this small thing relatively before I go on to bigger things like hiring a team of people. Maybe that's the lesson. You know, I'll, I'll let you know, but maybe that is the lesson because the money I've spent on this particular issue is nothing in comparison to what I'm going to be spending to put together my team. So maybe I needed to learn that I really need to be, you know, and here's, here's the other lesson. Oh, it just came to me. It just came to me. The other lesson is, and a friend taught me this years ago when I spent a little time living in New York City. Um, I think sometimes, and I don't know if you can relate to this. I think sometimes I'm a little too nice when it comes to hiring people, bringing them on board. Um, and the niceness sort of puts me in a position to kind of not be bitchy about things like, you know, like trying to be nice. I'm, you know, I'm open to whatever they offer. And I think, and I believe it on face value. But if I were a little bitchier, if I were, if I took on a little bit more of that type A overachiever side of my personality, that's very um, demanding, then I might have approached that whole selection process a little bit more like a boss and a little bit less like a nice girl. And so I think having super high standards is good as long as you know how to create a selection process that vets out anybody who doesn't meet those standards. Because after all, I'm not talking about relationships here. I mean, you know, judgment and criticism don't work in intimate relationships. However, if you are paying somebody money for a service, it better be delivered right. You're paying the money for it. So maybe my my lesson in all of this, and I'm just coming to clarity as I'm talking to you, is just that A, this is learning, and B, I need to be better about my selection process when I choose people. I really need to take on more of my girl boss persona and if that comes across as bitchy, oh, well, oh, well, like if they can't handle it, guess what? They're not for me. Boom. Okay. So I think I learned my lesson. Thank you everybody for that lovely session. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's get into what I am supposed to be talking about today, which is the seven things that I'm struggling with right now. So by the end of today's episode, we're going to talk about the seven things that I'm struggling with. We're also going to talk about how I work through my own issues. And then we're also going to talk about what I'd love to learn from you about how you work through your life and business issues. You know, I believe that we're all here to teach and to learn that we are all both master teacher and master student. And so I don't want this to just be an episode about what I'm struggling with. I want this to be a conversation that you and I continue at SheRunsTheShow.com, on the blog, with comments, with discussions, because I think if we learn from each other about how we cope with things that we struggle with, then we all can be better because of it. So let's get into the episode. So 
seven things I'm struggling with right now. You know, I, I just talked about it, the hiring and the firing of people for sure, for sure. Um, and not just for particular experts that I bring into my life to help me be better, whether it is my branding or it's a voiceover coaching or, um, you know, just in a number of different areas. I think I do struggle with the being nice thing. I do struggle with, you know, and maybe that's one of the fears and that's the reason I haven't built up a team in my business as of yet is I, I love to bring people into my inner circle, but I hate the thing about firing them from the inner circle. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to fire folks from your inner circle. Like sometimes you bring them in and you think that they're this one kind of person and they turn out to be somebody different and then they do need to be fired. So if you if you have that niceness kind of thing too, I get you totally because I have that in me too. So I'm struggling with, you know, who to hire. I am hiring a social media coordinator. I do have that person already in place, which is amazing. She's awesome. I will definitely bring her onto an episode so you get a chance to meet her when she fully jumps on board. But there are other positions within She Runs the Show that are going to have to be filled. And so I've never run a team of more than one person. Now it's going to be something different. And so I'm struggling with the idea of, A, how do I find the right people? Because I really do not want to do this higher fire thing over and over again. I don't have time for that. And then B, um, if I have to let somebody go in the future, all of the fears that I have around like letting people go, um, you know, this is their livelihood, like that. And it, ha- I mean, I don't even have my team yet. So I'm already like feeling the angst that comes with that. So if you've dealt with hiring and firing people and you've got experience in how to do that, I would love to hear from you on the blog at shewinstheshow.com. Post a comment to this blog post. It'll, the blog post will be called seven things I'm struggling with right now. And tell me how you've sort of dealt with your fears about a outsourcing or hiring or bringing more people into your team, into your business? And then B, how do you feel about firing people when it proves that it's not a good fit and you do need to let them go? So that's the first thing that I'm struggling with. The second thing that I'm struggling with, Facebook ads. So I hear so much stuff from other entrepreneurs about this whole thing with Facebook, you know, like they're great for business or they're bad for business. And obviously they cost money. So I'm not even going to pretend like Facebook ads are a zero investment. They're not. I mean, some people are spending thousands of dollars a month on Facebook ads alone. Now, are they making their ROI, their return on investment? Some are, some aren't. And so I've been on this sort of seesaw about, do I use Facebook ads to promote my online courses? Do I not use Facebook ads? And, you know, I've tried them a little bit here and there. Um, I've taken some of Amy Porterfield's, you know, webinars, and I'm probably going to do a course with her in the spring. If you don't know Amy Porterfield and you're an, an entrepreneur, definitely check out amyporterfield.com. She's awesome. And she is one of the leading Facebook experts and she knows her stuff. So if, and she has a podcast, I think she's on the top 10 or 20 list of iTunes in management and marketing. She just knows her stuff. You listen to an episode, you know that Amy really has this thing down to a science. So I think that's awesome. 
But I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm about to produce a new online course on transforming your fear and growing your business because fear is keeping a lot of entrepreneurs, both men and women, from really putting what Norman Vincent Peale on the power of positive thinking calls, throwing your heart over the bar and trusting that your body will follow, like giving everything you've got, you know, to everything you do. A lot of us give half-heartedly. We sort of were like lukewarm in how we do effort. The problem with lukewarm is that lukewarm effort gets lukewarm results. And so I'm creating a course that really is about how do you transform your fear so you can build your business really like transforming the fear so you release yourself full throttle into your business. And, you know, I'm thinking about using Facebook ads, but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm struggling with that because I'm sort of like, okay, do I want to spend that kind of money every single month? And is that going to get me the people who need to be in the course? But then, you know, on the other hand of that, I just started Tosha Silver's Outrageous Openness Think Like a Goddess course. And so that's a monthly course. And one of our things is I'm in the monthly course because I want to learn how to offer all of this stuff up to the divine. Like if I were truly offering this whole Facebook ad thing, I would say, I know that the right decision about Facebook ads is made. It's perfect. It's already decided. I will be guided to the right place. Boom, I'd put it on the altar and I'd let it go. But recovering perfectionist over here, type A personality is like, oh, I just resigned as manager of the universe. Let me pick that back up. Boom, let me make the decision about Facebook ads. Yeah, so I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling, which is why I'm in Tosha Silver's class, so I can learn how to surrender consistently over time. But right now, I'm not surrendering these Facebook ads. So maybe I ought to write that and put it in my little God box. I don't know. But I'm struggling with it. Do I use them? Do I not use them? Also, along with that, do I do webinars? And or do I not? And is it time yet? So I don't have an answer for that. I'm struggling with that. I don't know. If you're an expert at using Facebook ads, and you have used them successfully in your business, again, go to SheRunsTheShow.com comment. I'd love to hear your experience with it and what you loved or what you didn't love. The third thing that I'm struggling with right now is time management, creating enough time. And it's not time. I mean, I I would say that I am pretty vigilant about my time, um, but it's having enough time. Literally, when you're a wife and a mom and you've got all of these responsibilities it can be so tough to find time to like even record a podcast without children screaming in the background. So, you know, which is why I'm up at four o'clock in the morning recording this, obviously, because almost everybody except for my 17 year old who's playing Xbox right now, almost everybody's asleep. But I'm struggling with creating enough time and enough focus for both podcasting and writing Kindle books. So uh, I've got a system going with the iTunes show. So she runs the show comes out three times a week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And Monday is Monday method. If you've heard the first Monday method episode on how to create a guest posting system in eight simple steps, it's good. Listen to it. So three podcasts a week. I I had wanted to do seven, but honestly, with my life and my commitments, seven episodes a week is just not at this moment in time attainable. It's not doable, not attainable. So 
She Runs the Show comes out three times a week, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. But I'm also writing Kindle books. And so I'm writing 3,000 words a day. That's my goal. You know, 3,000 words a day. So that basically produces one new ebook on Kindle a week. And I'm telling you, I, you know, when I first came up with that 3,000 words a day thing, I thought, hey, I love to write. I can write 3,000 3, words a day with no problem. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about how long on some days it takes me to get those 3,000 words out or how much it feels like I'm just like, put, like almost like labor and pushing those, you know, the 3000th word out. But it's like between those two things, the podcasting and the writing Kindle books, I mean, it's a lot. And so I'm always asking, how can I create enough time and enough focus to really give, you know, whole mind into present action on creating She Runs the Show on iTunes three times a week, but also putting whole mind into present action on writing my Kindle books, which is a commitment that I've made to 3,000 words a day. You know, again, I'm, I'm learning and it's not easy, but I love writing and I love creating the show. So I'm, I'm not ready and I'm not willing to give up either. So creating enough time and focus for both podcasting and writing Kindle books is something that I am struggling with. Here's the fourth thing that I'm struggling with, you know, my fitness and my health goals. So I, if you follow me on Instagram, instagram.com forward slash Cassandra Bibas, be sure to follow me on Instagram. I post really interesting quotes. You'll kind of always know what mood I am in by the quotes that I post. Um, but I also post my fitness goals. So years ago, I was a personal trainer and I really got then into the best shape of my life because I was having trouble getting pregnant with my second child at the time. And the doctor had indicated that maybe weight was a factor. Maybe, you know, doctors, I'm not going to talk about my take on doctors, but they practice. That's why they call it a practice. Um, and so I just, after being in my twenties at the time and going through almost three full years of secondary infertility, cause I'd had my first really young I just was done. I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm never going to have another child. Let me just go get my body into the best shape possible. Let me just, uh, you know, I want to go drop it like it's hot, you know? Um, and I was only in my 20s. So that's what I did. I became a personal trainer. I got into the best shape of my life. I taught hip hop aerobics classes, spin classes. I worked out two hours a day. I went to a lower carb, higher protein diet, not any Atkins stuff. Never did that. Not interested. Um, and I lost the weight. I lost the weight. I felt absolutely amazing. I was like, oof, sweater dresses, you know, heel. I mean, I was feeling, I was just, I, you know, you can tell me I wasn't the stuff. And then I got pregnant and then I had my second baby. So, and then after that, you know, I, my third baby came pretty easily, even though I had gained, you know, some of the weight back. But now what I'm struggling with in this stage of the game for me, because now it's not just an issue of having one child, I've got three. And then I'm also working on having more and dealing with some infertility issues there. I'm struggling with deciding on the right health and fitness goals for this season of my life. Like I, I have the goal of competing in a bikini fitness competition. And that competition here in Utah takes place. It's an NPC competition. And I would be competing in the bikini portion of it 
October 10th. Now, October 10th from this moment that you're listening may or may not feel close to you. But at this moment, I've got about 34 weeks. But I have a lot of body fat to lose. And I have not trained, lifted, um, strength trained consistently in really since that time, since that time when I lost all that weight. So there's a lot going on for me in terms of, you know, um, can I really drop the body fat that I need to drop in that time? Can I really dedicate two hours in the gym six days a week? And I know there are going to be all these fitness experts that tell me, oh, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to work out that much. Da, da, da. Listen, I've done this before. For my body, my body type, for my issues and related to what it takes for me to get into the best shape ever, I do have to work out pretty intense. And it does have to be intense. So for me, what I'm struggling with is this whole concept of, do I go for the fitness competition or is this just not the season? I'm also trying to get pregnant. So, you know, and, but I've been trying to get pregnant for years at this point. So I, I don't know. I'm just struggling with like, what, what are the right health and fitness goals for this season of my life? Do I do the competition? Do I focus on slower weight loss? And then also, what do I do with my diet? So I've done the body ecology diet, which I absolutely love, but it's very, very strict, like gluten free, dairy free, sugar free, caffeine free. It, it's, I've, I felt healthiest on the body ecology diet but it's so super strict so i'm just struggling with that like i don't know which way to commit to and and that's the problem with indecisiveness you know if i was uh, you know when i wanted that second baby i just hit a moment where everything else i tried had not worked and so i was so focused and unequivocally clear on what I was going to do. And so everything else fell to the wayside. But I was also in a point in my life where I didn't have the responsibilities that I have right now. So in building a business, in raising three children, all of these responsibilities I have are so much more than they were then that um, I'm struggling with that. So I don't know what the answer is. I, you know, stay tuned, follow me on Instagram. You'll see, I'll, I'll let you know when I work out. And if you don't see me show that I posted a little, you know, clock from in the gym, then, you know, I didn't work out. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. But literally I'm really struggling with given where I am in my life in raising my family, in wanting to have more children right now before my window closes for having babies and in building my business, what are the right health and fitness goals for this season in my life? I don't know the answer to that. I'm struggling with that. Another thing I'm struggling with right now is the baby versus business goals. So I see my acupuncturist every two weeks to help improve my fertility. And, you know, when I'm like full throttle into the business and I'm creating new things and working on new things, you know, she checks my pulse and she's like, oh, <laughs> she's just like, uh, you're, you're, what does she tell me? The yin is just weak. We, everything yin yang, it's all, it's all weak. And, um, when I completely drop focusing on the business and I just kind of, you know, I'm getting seven to eight hours a night of sleep, I'm waking up and I'm doing belly dancing and yoga, I'm meditating. And really, so when I'm very Zen in my lifestyle, which means hardly anything else gets done, uh, my acupuncture is like, oh my goodness, everything feels good. And when I'm not, when I'm 
focusing on competing priorities like my business and I'm not getting my 20 minutes of sun time every day and my seven to eight hours of sleep, well, then my body certainly gives its own version of what I'm doing to it. So I don't know this baby versus business goals. And I would say to any young woman entrepreneur who's listening to me, who's like 20, 22, 24, if I, well, no, I can't say that. I can't do that if I knew then what I know now, because, you know, my life was totally different. So I know I had to go through what I went through because I had my first baby at 19. So I didn't wait to have children. Um, yeah, so I can't even say that. What I can say is to my young women entrepreneurs, if you're in your early to mid 20s, what I would say is that is the perfect time to completely focus on building your business. So when you get to 26, 27, and 28, which are some of your prime years for having babies, you can do that because you've already created, you've already done all the late nights. You've already done all the plenty of hours. Like your business is built, your brand is built, money is coming in, you're hiring a team, you're established in a way that allows you the freedom if you needed to. You know, some people are just naturally fertile and they don't need to take all the precautions that I, for example, need to take. But if you're somebody like me who really does have to calm the mind, calm the body in order to get pregnant, um, you're going to be able to do that. You know, that's one thing I would say to young women. You know, lots of times when we're 18, 19, 20, we're thinking about, well, who are we going to find to marry and and how are we going to build our families? You know, you got time for that. When you're 37, though, if you haven't done that yet and that's something you really want and you're like me and you want to have five more children, you don't have time for that. Mm -mm. Like your priorities need to be where they need to be, which is why I'm struggling with this, because I know that I'm 37. I know that I would like to have more children, five, ideally, more. And so I look at the idea of, okay, do I need to slow my life down in order to have five more children? And no, I really can't slow my life down because my business is going in this direction. And I want to actually have the financial and personal freedom to raise this second batch of babies in a different way than I did the first. I'm struggling with that. I I don't have an answer for you. I can't... That for me is a daily like baby business goals, you know, like how to, you know, and there's some days that are better than others where I find time for both. So I still on most nights get six hours of sleep on most nights, sometimes seven on the weekend. I get more like eight on Saturday night when I sleep in on Sunday. Um, I do try to get my 20 minutes of sun time every day, which helps with fertility. And I certainly take my Chinese herbs that my acupuncturist gives me and I go to acupuncture. But again, I'm struggling with that. I don't know um, where that, what do they call it? Where that um, sweet spot is for how I create harmony between the baby goals and the business goals. I don't believe in balance. Balance is a myth, but I do believe in harmony. And I haven't found where that harmony is yet. So I'm definitely struggling with that. I'm also struggling with, oh, this is a deep one. I'm struggling with with being okay with not mending family fences. Let me just talk about this for a minute. You know, I am, um, I, I, in numerology, I'm an attitude of a seven and I'm a life path of a five. So it's a little bit different. Fives are kind of the adventurers. So I'm a life path of a five and the older I get, the more my five comes out. So that's a good thing. But 
when people first meet me, they don't get the five energy initially. They get the seven energy because my attitude is a seven, what you portray to the world. And sevens are very, they're introverts in general, and they tend to deal with their issues internally. So if they have a problem, a seven goes within themselves, they figure it out, and then maybe they'll talk to you about it later. Maybe they won't. Sevens are also people who are really good at building emotional walls. So like if they are done with you, they can be like, door slammed, boop, boop, wall up, done, not talking to you again, bye-bye. Like they don't even think twice about when they're done with people being done. And so my seven attitude is kind of that way when it comes to family um, dramas. And, you know, this year has been a year where I have uh, some issues with a few members of my family who I'm not on speaking terms with. I won't reveal those names. I think they deserve their privacy. And, and certainly I enjoy my privacy as a seven attitude. But lately, I've been getting pressure from a few areas in the family about mending fences and all of this jargon about forgiveness, 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 you know, you gotta just let it go. And I want to tell you a little bit about forgiveness because I'm totally about forgiveness, but I'm not about forgetting. So I just realized that something that I'm struggling with is being okay with not mending family fences out of obligation. Like if I want to mend a family fence with somebody that I'm not on speaking terms in my family, I will call you on the phone and I will, we'll work it out. But if I don't want to mend fences with you, like if I have met you over and over again, year after year, and honestly, if you weren't my blood relative, I would have nothing to do with you because I don't like who you are. Nobody else in the family is going to make me feel bad because I don't feel obligated to maintain a relationship with somebody that I really don't like. That would be living a lie. And I don't do that. So for me, I think 10 years ago, I might have felt some sense of obligation to mend a fence because it's the right thing to do. Um, maybe I'm 37. Mm -mm. Like I don't have time for people in my life who are drama queens and kings, uh, emotional vampires, even if they are blood related. I don't have time, period, the end. And so what I'm struggling with in that is just being okay with that fact, like being okay with the fact that I I get that I don't have to mend any family fences that I don't want to before I want to. I don't have to do that. And just being okay with it and being like, you know, that has nothing to do with, you know, forgiveness. I can forgive somebody. I know that people do the best they can with what they have. I get that we all make mistakes. It's not a forgiveness issue. It's the, no, I don't have to mend fences with you because everybody else in the family thinks I should. And no, I don't have to call you on the phone once a week and we have to talk and pretend like we have this relationship that we don't have. I don't have to do that with you if I don't want to. So I'm struggling with just being okay with that. Like, being okay with it, which this will be a first for me because in my 20s, I felt a whole lot of guilt and shame around being obligated to mend fences with people who at the end of the day, blood related or not, I didn't like them. So now I don't because I'm 37. I'm going to be 40 in three years. My time, not yours, mine. Okay. And then the seventh thing that I'm struggling with right now is and this is something I'm working on, getting back to my spiritual life, you know, and I think, I know, being in Tosha Silver's Thinking Like a Goddess program, I mean, and I've only been, it's been a week so far, not even, uh, of being in the, the ongoing learning program, it has helped me to do that. So, 
I used to have a spiritual practice where I would wake up in the morning and I would read out of my prayer book for the first hour of the day. I would do 20 minutes of shimmy, belly dancing, DVD, great DVD, by the way. And then I would do 30 minutes of yoga and then I would meditate. I would also do my Spirit Babies meditation, which is, um, if you haven't read the book Spirit Babies, you should, if you're going through infertility. I just thought about that. It was written by an, an intuitive who, God rest his soul, who felt that he could communicate with the souls of unborn children and he could communicate with them to find out what was preventing their conception. You know, for people who are having infertility, he would figure out who their, their soul babies are and what they're missing and what needed to happen in order for them to be conceived. So, and I used to do my spirit baby meditation. Ooh, I've got kind of a cold thing going on. And speak to the spirit of my unborn children. So I know that there's more than one there and I've talked to them and I, you know, you might be listening to go, oh my goodness, she's so woo woo. Yeah, I'm kind of woo woo. I'm very logical and practical, but I'm also very woo woo. I believe that children choose their parents. Parents don't choose their children. And I believe that if a soul is meant to come through you, they will. And so for anybody struggling with infertility, because I've been around that bend more than once at this point in my life, I just want to tell you. If a child is meant to come through you, they will. There is nothing that's going to stop that. Nothing. Not your age, not your situation. And if somebody, a doctor or anybody is telling you that there's no way you can conceive, doubt their certainty and replace it with your faith. I, I just went on a tangent there, but I had to say that. Okay. So I used to have this whole, and this was last year when I was kind of going through my Zen thing and I wanted to live a very Zen life and I got a Zen result. I did. I would wake up in the morning and my first two to three hours of my day were spent belly dancing, yoga, meditation, spirit babies meditation, followed by an hour of prayer. And I also honored Shabbat. So for me, religiously, I would from Friday at sundown to Saturday at sundown, it was a time of rest for me and I honored it. And when I started to go full swing with my business and I changed a lot of things in my business in the, in the su late summer, early fall, a lot of that fell to the wayside. Like Shabbat went out the window because I was working on Friday nights and Saturdays. Um, the, the yoga went out the window. The belly dancing went out the window. The prayer time for an hour went out the window. And so I am starting to get that back. Like, you know, I'm going to honor Shabbat each week. It's something that I can do. It's my time with my God. You know, it's my way of saying, um, God, I can take 24 hours and be in the stillness with you. I can spend 24 hours resting, relaxing, enjoying my family. I'm not going to lose anything in business by spending 24 hours just honoring the fact that you made me that you made me, that I'm, I'm here. If you could create the world and take a day off, I think I can do that too. So I am getting back into honoring Shabbat, but let me tell you what, it's hard to find that two hours in the morning. Sometimes it would be three to like wake up and then, you know, do 20 minutes of belly dancing and 30 minutes of yoga and then 25 minutes of meditation and spirit baby meditation and then an hour of reading. So what I've done is I've actually recorded an audio of my, my morning prayers. So I'm going to be listening to that starting next week at the gym so that I'm getting two things done. I'm getting my morning prayers done, which are an hour, listening to the audio that I recorded in my MB3, and I'm lifting and working out. So I'm finding ways now to kind of try to get 
as much of that back into my life as possible. I don't think I can get all of it. I just two to three hours. And then, you know, also thinking about like when I have another baby, if you've ever breastfed, you get what I'm saying, like up every two hours. I don't know when I would find time for belly dancing and yoga and that. So I'm coming to a place of peace with myself about the fact that some of it will work and some of it won't. But I am having, you know, issues struggling with how do I get back to the spiritual life that I really crave and honestly that I really need in my life? And how do I get back to some of those Zen activities, but also still be very focused on my business goals? So that's that's the seventh thing that I'm struggling with. And, you know, thank you for taking the time to listen today. I know that we're all busy and I know that we've got a lot going on. Every time you listen to a She Runs a Show episode, I feel honored, literally honored that you chose to listen that you chose to spend your time in this way. I don't want you to ever think that I take for granted the fact that you could have taken this 30 minutes to an hour and you could have listened to somebody else's podcast or you could have been working on some other project or you could have been doing something else. I am so grateful for you. And I just want you to know that my goal on She Runs the Show is to give you everything I've got and literally to share with you when I'm struggling with things or what's worked for me or what hasn't worked for me so that maybe in some way, shape or form, I can have a positive impact on your life. So I just wanted to say thank you because I know what it takes to listen to podcasts. I only listen to a few myself and even that is pretty time consuming. And I really do listen to the three or four podcast series that I know make my life better with each episode. So thank you for taking the time to really listen to She Runs the Show. So I also said I was going to talk today about how I work through my own issues. Like I've said, I'm enrolled in Tosha Silver's Think Like a Goddess program. I enrolled in it because I, I really felt like this was what I needed to do in order to, one, offer things to the divine. In other words, like resign as manager of the universe, which I do at least on a two times a week basis right now. So I, I'm in her class because I want to learn how to like not have to always be manager of the universe because it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So that's how I'm working through a lot of these things that I'm struggling with. Enrolling in the Think Like a Goddess program and putting things on the altar and offering them up to the divine and trusting that if it's mine, I can't lose it. And if it isn't mine, I don't want it. I'm also working through my own issues by reminding myself that no decision has to be made today. You know, I can't tell you the number of times that I coach people and I say to them, you know, no decision has to be made today. You don't have to make a decision about that. That's not something that you've got to decide today. And so on a constant basis, when I'm feeling pressured and stressed about these things, or I'm feeling like, oh my goodness, if I don't hurry up and like change my eating and my lifestyle, I'm not going to be able to have a baby. I stop myself in those kinds of thoughts, those impatient, you know, like anxious thoughts. And I say, no decision has to be made today. If it's mine, I can't lose it. And if it isn't mine, I don't want it. How I also work through my own issues is I focus on the next three steps and then I let the rest figure it out. Like sometimes I get so overwhelmed by wanting to know how all of this is going to go, that I'm developing plans that take me from A to Z and then I'm developing 15 plans so that if plan A doesn't work, I've got like plan B, C, D. I stop all of that nonsense. Now what I do, honestly, I'll plan my day 
is the next three steps. That's the only thing that is on my three by five note card that I'm holding in my hand right now. Here are the three things that need to get done today. And I don't think about the next three steps. I just don't because it stresses you out. At least it stresses me out and it doesn't make me feel accomplished at the end of the day. So I focus on the next three steps and then I let the rest figure itself out. How I also work through my own issues is I try things just to see what works and what doesn't. Like I was telling you, I was angry when I first started this podcast about, you know, an issue related to some service being provided to me and not getting what I feel is my money's worth. You know, I tried it. You know, at least I can say I tried. And now I know that that doesn't work. And now I know what I need to do differently next time. I'm super clear on when I hire what I need to do next time. So I try things out and I see what works and what doesn't work, which a lot of trial by fire, but hey, I'm a five life path. We do a lot of that adventure trial by fire stuff. So the other thing I do to work through my own issues is I ask someone who's been there, done that, what they think is best. I do that a lot. I have, I have never had a problem ever. I mean, I can remember being six, seven, eight in school, raising my hand all the time to ask questions to me. There is no stupid question. And especially if I'm spending money on something, I'm going to ask you every question I want to ask you. I am not going to be ashamed about it. And I'm going to ask you until you give me the clarity that I need, period. So I ask a lot of questions and I'm always looking at people who've done what I want to do well. And I want to model their behavior. I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I want to know what they did. I want to find out from them. I want them to mentor me. Um, That's why I've enrolled and paid for mentoring programs that have really helped me in my business. And so again, I don't have a problem seeking out advice and wisdom from other people because I love to learn and I love to learn from people who've been there and done that. So I'm always asking questions. Now, what I'd love to learn from you about how you work through your life and business is how do you do it? Like, what are you struggling with right now? And how are you working through those issues that you're struggling with? If you could, I am going to ask that question on the blog post at sherunstheshow.com. And the blog post is going to be called Seven Things That Cassandra Bibus is Struggling With Right Now. Or I'll call it Seven Things I'm Struggling With Right Now. I don't know that I like to refer to myself in the third person. But anyway, I'm going to have that blog post up. Please go to it. I want to begin commentary and discussion and connection and collaboration. Answer the question, how do you deal with the stuff that you're struggling with? What are you struggling with? I'd love to know. I'd love to create some coaching streams around that within the comment section. So please, please go to sherunstheshow.com, comment, tell me what you're struggling with, and tell me how do you work through the things you're struggling with in life and business. All right. So my nose is getting stuffed up. My children decided to spread colds, you know, like it went from my oldest and then to my middle and now to my youngest. And now it's heading in my direction, which means I need to go have some mother's Bragg's cider vinegar and like gulp two tablespoons down right now. All right, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I said it before. I'm grateful for you. I am grateful for you. And um, I would love to connect with you on social media. So go to twitter.com forward slash Cassandra Bibus. Join me there. Go to Instagram.com forward slash Cassandra Bibus. Join me on Instagram. And you can also join me on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash She Runs the Show. I would love to just have your presence 
on social media with me. And, you know, if you join me on, on Twitter, especially or on Instagram, could you please just send me a message and say, hey, I listened to your radio show and I'm following you because there's so much going on, especially on Twitter that I lose track. So I just want to know if you're out there so that I can really connect with you personally on Twitter. So especially on Twitter, send me a message. Let me know that you're listening. All right, everybody have a great, great day, week, month, year. This is our year. Thank you for joining me at She Runs the Show. I will talk to you next episode. 